You're listening to episode 17 of the Tennis Files podcast with special guest Othman Garma. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Welcome to this episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. I'm excited to bring you a really awesome interview that I had with Othman Garma, who I met in the juniors and who is a fantastic coach on the ATP tour. He actually coaches Trent Huey, who is a top doubles player. He's ranked uh, number 26 in the world right now on the doubles tour. And he's also part of the number three team in the world with Max Murney in the ATP points race. And so Othman has been coaching Trent Huey as well as a bunch of other, uh, you know, promising juniors and uh, as well as Uh, players at the recreational level and uh, young kids as well. And so I thought it would be pretty awesome to bring Othman on the show to give us his unique uh, perspectives on coaching and what it's like to be a coach on the ATP tour. And it was definitely a very enjoyable and uh, insightful interview. So without further ado, here is my interview with Othman. Hey guys, we're here with Othman Garma, who is my friend and uh, an amazing coach. He is actually a coach on the ATP Tour, and he uh, right now coaches Tred Huey, who we had on Episode 7 of the Tennis Files podcast. And Othman has coached Tred to uh, an amazing number 26 on uh, rank on the ATP Doubles Tour, and Tred is also part of the third-ranked team in the ATP points race with Max Murney. Uh, which is just amazing. And, uh, you know, I met met Othman in the juniors. Uh, we played the same tournaments together, and he's a really powerful player with a big game. And Othman also played at the top of the lineup at uh, Howard University and college, and we uh, played them a few times uh, when I was at UMBC. But I just really, uh, first off, want to thank Othman for being on the show, and I, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on to the podcast. Oh, no. Thank you, everyone, for having me. I really appreciate being on this podcast, man. And uh, everything you're doing, man, it's, it's, it's great for tennis. It's, it's great to see you doing this and giving, you know, coaches and players a platform to, to, to gain knowledge and I guess to give knowledge back to, to the tennis fans and, you know, the, the, the tennis community as a whole. Well, yeah, thank you so much for the kind words, Othman. And I just also want to thank you for everything you're doing. Uh, I, I see the passion and what you do every day, you know, on the court, whether it's with juniors, club players, or, you know, the best players in the world like Tret, And uh, it's just it's just great to see people like you with uh, this much passion giving back to the game as well. So thanks so much. But yeah, Othman, I just want to, uh, you know, start from the beginning with you and just kind of ask you about how you got started with tennis and how that led into you uh, having a career in coaching. Yeah, well, uh, honestly, everything started with with the passion of the sport since since I was six, 
I fell in love with the game of tennis and I've always pictured myself to be a professional tennis player, but you know, that didn't happen. And somehow I've always wanted to be in tennis and to give back to tennis because tennis has, has given me so much. I grew up in Morocco and that's where I started playing tennis. I moved to the States when I was 14. I, I couldn't speak English when I moved to the States. So the first two years were a little bit tough you know, kind of understanding the system, the, the school system, and even, you know, kind of trying to communicate without a language. So I had to overcome those barriers. And and I developed, you know, personal skills, having to learn a new language to communicate, having to be disciplined in what I wanted, you know, moving from Morocco to, to the States. And and honestly, I took every day. I worked hard. I, uh, I play tennis as much as I can. I gave it everything I got, and I got the opportunity to uh, to get a full uh, scholarship to attend the Howard University and play for them. And I think everything started there. I I developed great learning skills from Coach Strickland, Coach Askew, and Coach Walker. They've taught me a lot about you know leadership, about uh, being organized, about pushing yourself every day. And I think I'm I'm living my life day after day, applying those skills that I've been able to learn from numerous people. So I think I am the person I am today because of the qualities that I've developed at a young age. And like I said, I've always wanted to be involved with tennis. So I guess, you know, God had a plan for me to, to you know, to keep pushing and, you know, just keep getting better as a coach and as, as a person. For me, um, coaching, like you can coach, you know, different athletes or you can coach yourself. So whenever you're not coaching an athlete, you're basically coaching yourself so I, I think it comes it comes easy to a lot of us because we're coaching each other it's just it just are we coaching each other you know the, the, in, in the right steps that's I feel like that's that's how I got into coaching because honestly it's just the passion of the sport I mean that's awesome Othman I mean I really appreciate you expanding upon the uh, self-development and how important that is because you know, I, I know firsthand, I've seen you, you try to improve yourself every day, and then that, that in turn helps you become, uh, you know, the best coach that you can be. And uh, so that's an extremely important trait that uh, everyone needs to have to try to improve themselves every single day. And, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, it's just so wonderful to see you doing what you love. And, and that makes it also like much easier in some sense to excel um and it's just great to have you uh, in in the tennis community uh it, you did mention a few things that you learned that were extremely important at Howard University and actually uh one member of our audience uh named Rob had a question about that so I'm just going to ask that to you right now so he basically asked how did your experience as a player at Howard help you uh, with your duties as a professional tennis coach uh, that's that's a great question uh being a young teenager, going to college, you know, being on your own, we have to develop basically on, on how to live on our own. We don't have, we really, we, there's no set of rules that are set for us. There is, we could do anything we wanted. At the end of the day is if, if you're living your life, you know, with, in, in a good structure, like you're, you're waking up, you're being positive, you're chasing your dreams, you're being responsible um, you're being organized, you're being respectful to yourself and to others. I think doing those day by day, you develop those and it, become, it becomes something that you don't really think about anymore. And a lot of the things that I had to learn at Howard, I wasn't good at, but I didn't really give up. I just kept pushing myself because I knew at the end of the day, if I don't get better personally, then 
then the road ahead is going to be tough for me. So I took every day seriously to, 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 to keep getting better as a person, as an athlete, as, as, a, as a teammate, and as a friend to anyone who's in my life. So and anyone that, that I try to come across with, I, you know, I treat them with respect. I listen to them. I, I try to give them the best advice, but not necessarily that my advice might work. I'm just giving them my opinion. And then sometimes their advice might be better. So for, for me, I learned one thing is that no one knows it all. Only, only a fool knows it all. So I try to keep betting myself every single day. And that's, I think that's, that's a skill that I developed moving to the country, not knowing, you know, a, a word in English. And I had to adjust and develop that, that the skill to adjust regardless of, of the situation. And one thing is, as I could never do is give up. So, you know, I, I kept pushing and, and yeah, I mean, uh, Howard, Howard University has helped me tremendously. Coach Strickland has, has been there for me through ups and downs and, and he's still there for me. So, and he's, he's, he's a great mentor. It's awesome, uh, Othman. Uh, your major props to Coach Strickland and Howard University. Uh, they definitely have a great program over there. And I really enjoyed, you know, hearing you talk about how you, you know, you give your opinion and what you think about something, but you you let the player ultimately kind of find their own way and feel it out. Because you know, as they say, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So you know, that's very important to to keep an open mind yourself about you know how your student ultimately learns how to do things. Uh, and I just got to say, man, like you're, you know, when I hear you speak, it's just very, very motivating. And I feel like you could definitely be like a public speaker, or a motivational speaker, or something like that. Uh, you know, you speak very well. And I, I like when I listen to you, I get pumped up, you know, to try to improve myself. So <laughs> I really yeah. appreciate that, Marilyn. Yeah, no worries, man. It's awesome. So I guess now kind of delving more into the the role of a coach. Well, I guess that's the question. What in your mind is the role of a tennis coach? The role of a tennis coach? First of all, let me start off by just saying the role of a coach in general. Mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, I think is the first thing that, that needs to be established is that connection with, with the coach and the athlete or the coach and the student. For the player to understand the coach and for the coach to understand the player, I think the connection is first. And I think, you know, setting the standards of basically, you know, what what you accept, what you don't accept. Um, it's kind of like setting rules, but I feel like, you know, setting rules, uh, it has a, a little negative effect when you, when you hear it. So, and then you try to stay away from negative words in general. So I think the first thing is, is setting up the connection with the coach and the player will become more comfortable with each other. And so the player is able to, to listen to the coach and what he's saying and, and, and for the, the coach to, to break it down the way the, the, the player learns it i feel like there there's there's multiple ways to deliver one message it's just knowing how to deliver it to to that certain individual how does the role of a coach differ at all like when you apply that to tennis to tennis i mean i, I don't think at first because a coach basically has the knowledge and is trying to pass it to the student there's that connection that needs to be built there's standards that need to be set as far as you know, 15 minutes before the lesson, you're you're doing these pre warm ups. You know, when when you come to the lesson, the 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 schedule is already set. Um, the standards, you know, play hard, bring the intensity, and tackling you know every every area of your game, you know, differently. So I, I don't think it really 
differs from being just a coach and a tennis coach. I think a, a, a coach, like I said, his job is to connect and direct. And a tennis coach, of course, you want to be knowledgeable about the sport that you're coaching. But even now, there's even life coaches that, that kind of tell you how to not live your life, but kind of, I would say, the skills that you'll need to, to, to live a successful life. And I think that's what a coach can present to the students, give them the skills and, you know, let, let, let the player be the player, you know, because you, 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 you can you can be coaching the two different type of players and you can be giving them the same knowledge, the same trying to teach them the same technique. But at the end of the day, everybody is different and, and you can't you, you can't put everybody in, in one box. I think when when a coach tries to do that, I think most of those cases, they, they, they go wrong and they don't they don't end up on the right foot. It's, it's great advice, Othman. And, uh, you know, hearing you uh, speak about uh, setting standards and, uh, you know, establishing a rapport between the coach and the student does remind me of uh, another uh, great coach named uh, Alistair McCaw, who I interviewed on episode 11. So that's another great episode to check out. But um, I, do, I do look up to Alistair McCaw and his method, and I think he's a phenomenal coach. Yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is. And so are you, Othman. So... Now, I also do want to ask you, you know, obviously you coach a lot of great players, and I'm curious to find out from you, what sort of commonalities do you see among your students who end up uh, improving the most? Yeah, it's, that's another great question. For me, and from my previous experiences with, with, with juniors to pros, I feel like the, the, the ones that succeed and the ones that see the process to come pretty easy is the ones that possess the qualities of a champion. You know, they're, 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 they show up, they're self-motivated, they're, they're perseverance, they, they never take no for an answer. They, it's, there's a never, I can't do this. There, it's, it's, I can't for two weeks and then the third week is I can. Um, they, have, they have a great attitude on and off the court. Uh, re- re- let's say they do a match and, you know, end up losing bad and they, they, they need to play their game and, you know, they, they could come up with so much, so, so many excuses, but, you know, the, the, the ones that really get it are the ones that really don't make excuses and they know there's always a tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. There's always time to get better and keep getting better. So I, I think, I think the, the students who's looking to keep improving on whatever they're doing, if they're self-motivated, they have great perseverance and they have great attitude. I think the only thing that's left is time. You know, just keep working hard and, and keep believing in yourself. And, you know, within two, three years, you'll find yourself in, in the place that you've always been dreaming of. That's awesome. So, Othman, uh, as far as, again, you know, like you coaching different types of players, how do you, if at all, kind of adjust from coaching uh, club players and juniors to ATP players? Like, is there maybe you would probably focus on less on technique and more on strategy or like how does it uh, differ for you? Yeah, I mean, coaching club players, juniors to ATP players, it does change, I guess, on the things that you're focusing on with those players. Yeah, but at the same time, your, 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 your philosophy or your standards and, and, like I said, building the connection that, that, that always needs to be executed you know, beforehand. Um, for instance, on, on the Pro Tour, mainly we're, we're not really working on technique during, or let's say on, on match weeks, we're not working on technique, we're working on strategy and, you know, we're, we're getting used, get used to the course, get, getting used to the, to the balls, getting used to the altitude or getting 
getting used to the weather. Um, and based on that, we we're coming up with different strategies, tactics to to whoever we're playing. As far as coaching juniors and and club players, there's a lot of there's a lot of technique that's being taught, and of course the tactics side of it as well. But I don't think too much of a strategy goes into play in the beginning for beginning players. But of course you want to teach everybody how to play the game correctly and teach them you know the rules and kind of patterns. Um, so the only thing that changes is less technique on ATP circuit and more technique with the club players and juniors. I mean, you, again, like you, you're still focusing on the footwork, the, the, the fitness side of it. With juniors, you're you're looking to, to, to keep getting stronger and keep pushing your body. With pro players, depending on, on their age, you, you're either looking to keep getting better and keep getting stronger physically, or you know, certain players you're looking to, to just keep maintaining and, and staying injury-free. That's awesome. You know, I do want to back up a little bit and uh, talk about something that a lot of people... Uh, dream to be in a, you know which is what you're doing right now which is coaching the best players in the world and I guess I I first want to also ask you Leo how did you how did you establish yourself uh in the coaching game and you know how did you basically you know become a coach and then and, you know talk about your journey to uh you know getting to coach an ATP player yeah um so I'm 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 not going to sit here and say oh you know I've I've been planning on on being an ATP coach or or coaching a professional player in in my 20s or 30s um for me like I said you know I I take day by day I I found my passion which is tennis I've always been drawn into the the what what makes an athlete and and the workouts and the nutrition side of it so I was always drawn into the sport of tennis and then what what does it take to be an athlete, to be to be a great tennis player, and you know, playing college tennis and then graduating, and of course, like you, you, you have that competitive spirit that that you never want to lose. So you're always looking to keep getting better as as a player and keep getting better personally. I after graduating, I ended up getting a a job, uh, a tennis job in in the DMV area. You know, I fell in love with coaching beginners. That was the first thing for me. Was that I just I just love helping people and 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 seeing people believe that it's it's easy to get it done if you show up and 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 you work hard and you really you you're really motivated. Um, so I took it day by day. I I established great relationships. I try to remain positive regardless of the situation that I was in. Uh, I was coaching myself in the beginning. I was coaching myself to, on on the mental side of it and and and. Uh, the physical side of it. And as I was coaching there between 2006 and 2009, Trey would come back home and, you know, we'll, we'll get some practices in and he'll tell me certain things that he thinks he needs to work on. And I'll suggest certain things and, you know, just having him around and, and kind of learning from him because he's at the top of the game. So having him around and, and having his advice and, and having his point of view, I, I took it very serious and I tried to absorb everything that I could, like I said, at the end of the day, because I was trying to get better. And if, if, if you keep doing that day after day and and don't lose sight of, of the big picture, honestly, like you, you never know where you can find yourself. So for me, I'm very fortunate to be in this position. You know, I take it very serious. And, and like I said, I, I I try to keep learning as much as I can because, you know, like you said, only a fool knows their all. 
So my coaching experience has, I, I would say, it began at age of six. And so, Othman, you know, you, you talked about learning. I mean, that's the most important thing, self-development and, you know, how you've learned from, uh, from players like, uh, you know, Tread and others. But can you talk a little bit more about exactly how you learn? Because, you know, I, I see questions every day about people asking, you know, all these, you know, how to learn technique, how to learn strategy, this and that. And so I'm curious about the sources of learning uh, for you, you know, how you learn besides uh, from other players, like, for, you know, maybe books or the internet or, you know, what, what sources were the best for you to, to, to learn the knowledge that brought you to where you are today? Uh, de- definitely, definitely the internet. I mean, I, I go on YouTube and spend four or five hours just looking at different techniques, looking at different coaches, um, looking at different federations and how they run their program and kind of comparing comparing any, any coach that, that I come across and, and whatever they're, they're preaching. And I, I, I try to take the positives from each coach or each player that I come across and I try to keep learning. But I think the best thing for me was being around the, the, the top coaches, um, being around Louis Caillé, being around Scott McCain, being around Samdev Devarman and Sanam Singh and you know, Jameer Jenkins, all these UVA players, just having that, the opportunity to be around them and learn from them and appreciate how they look at the game and, and how hard they work just to, to reach where they're at at the moment. It, it gives me a, a total different view of how I used to see the game prior to being around these, these top guys, these, these top pros or coaches. Um, but, but definitely the, the internet has, has played a major role in learning and and I, I, I took some certifications, so th- those were good too. Um, I think certifications are really great. Get as many certifications as you can, regardless if it's you know the, the, the technical part of it or, or the, the, the physical side of it. I think just keep learning as a coach, and because at the end of the day, like when when we're teaching a student, we, we don't want, we're not saying, okay, you know what, you're only going to be a, a servant volleyer, or you're only going to be a, a baseliner. I think we're 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 coaching to develop the the best tennis player we 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 could develop. So same thing. Like if 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 you're trying to be a coach, try to be the best coach that you can, and not only for ten and under or or high performance, but overall, you know, you you want to be as as knowledgeable as you can, and and the internet provides that. It's fantastic, and uh, yeah, like you said, man, it's just so Im- uh, important to surround yourself with you know high level you know, players and coaches, because I mean, it's just, it brings you up and it gets you motivated to, you know, to rise to the occasion and be the best that you can be. Um, I do like to read books myself. And I'm just curious to ask, you know, if you've read some tennis books uh, that that you think made a big impact on, on, uh, you know, your coaching career and, and your tennis game. And uh, if so, if you could name uh, a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, when I first started traveling with Tret, um, he 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 had he had few books with him, and he actually had this book from Brad Gilbert called "I've Got Your Back," hmm. and it, it talks about Brad Gilbert's experience as a coach and coach Andy Roddick, and so so basically Tret basically gave it to me, and he said, "Yeah, read it. It's, this is, it has great contents, and and it's great for you as a coach." So w- once I read that, really, it 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 kind of breaks down the, the coach's job. On the tour, it's it's it, 
it basically taught me to 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 take everything away from the player as far as the off court responsibilities and make them my responsibilities. So the player, you know, has has the chance to only focus on their performance and to have a kind of like a a free, happy mindset to go to go out there and perform. I, I think that's that's a great book. I've got your back by Brad Gilbert. Another book would be great. It would be the inner game of tennis, and that kind of breaks down the, the the mental side of it, how to to remain positive during tough situations. Um, that's a great book as well. And another book for doubles coaches, I would definitely suggest Doubles Tennis Tactics by Louis Caillé. And Louis Louis Caillé is hands down one of the best doubles coaches on the tour. Um, Tret and I get the chance to work with him when. When Tritt was a Dominique Inglis partner, and I know Tritt has learned tremendous knowledge from Louis Caillet. I mean, the, the the way he breaks it down, he's he's very mythematical with his with his shot selections, with with his tactic. I think doubles tennis tactics would definitely help any any coach or any player as far as how to play the game of doubles. Those are fantastic uh, suggestions, Othman. Uh, I really appreciate those books that you mentioned. Um, yeah, the inner, te- uh, inner game of tennis by W. Timothy Galloway. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. I've, I'm almost done reading that book. Thank you also for mentioning Brad Gilbert's other book because I have read, uh, his book Winning Ugly, which had a big impact on me as far as really trying to use my brain more in, uh, you know, formulating strategy, uh, against my opponent and thinking about my opponent's game and my own game. And, uh, you know, just, trying to outthink my opponent uh so all great books i really appreciate that and uh you know you you did mention louis Kaye and uh how great of a doubles coach he is so i think I'd, I'd i'd like to ask you you know some of the differences the main differences between singles and doubles because we have a lot of players who are singles players i mean myself included primarily who you know, sometimes it's it's tougher to to transition to the doubles game, and so maybe if you could speak to just some of the like basic fundamentals of doubles that you think uh, singles players sometimes uh, don't properly execute or should be thinking about. Well, yeah, I mean, s- s- singles and doubles is totally different different game. Of course, singles it's it's more of a a physical game, where doubles it's more of a tactical game, where you want to put the ball how you want to open up the court. You know, I'm not saying that doesn't happen on the singles courts, but it, it happens more on the doubles court because, you know, there are four four players on the court and you're trying to get a ball, back, a, a ball past them. I, f- I feel like a, a lot of the singles players, the the, the thing that, that, that they struggle with is, for instance, I, I would say, that, you know, if the, the first volley after the serve, you, 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 especially these days, you don't have that many singles players that serve in volley. So, the, the the first volley it's it's not it's not a shot that they're very comfortable with because they don't see it often. Where doubles players, you know, you have to serve in volley. You you probably find I don't know five ten percent of the players that do not serve in volley, and most of them are probably going to be on 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 the red clay. Um, so I, th- I think I think that's that's one shot that I feel like singles players are struggling with. Um, the, the the doubles players know where to stand and know basically where to hit the ball regarding of where it came from. Singles players, I think most of them, they try to outpower their opponent because of their, you know, their ball striking or their timing. So I think 
those two things are different in the singles and on the doubles court. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely, uh, I agree with what you just said about, you know, the first volley. Cause I mean, you know, singles players are used to just serving and then just, you know, banging it out from the baseline. And, and the transition game is really the most difficult, I think, cause, you know, singles players sometimes like they'll, you know, they'll hit an approach shot, uh, fine. And then they'll get like the, they'll usually have like a, easy volley if they're at the net you know and so when they get uh, when they have to serve volley like hitting that first volley is pretty tough uh just like controlling it and everything um but you know i do also want to ask uh othman uh about basically how you were how you connected with uh or how you were able to become tret's coach because i know you mentioned that tret would come back uh i think i forgot if you said in the summers but he'd come back and train with you but Maybe if you could just talk about how that relationship was formed uh, between you and Tret, where you got to become a uh, Tret's coach. Yeah, I think what Tret and I have developed the past fifteen years is 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 a is a great relationship that you know both of us could trust one another with with basically anything. Uh, like I told you earlier, I moved to the country at the age of fourteen, and I met Tret a year later at Skyline Sport and Health, and that's that's one of the facilities that. We used to practice that. Then, you know, I, I went back. I went to college. He went to college. But if if, if I knew that there's going to be a time that I'm going to be at home and he's going to be at home, we would set up a practice, uh, practice matches or even just, you know, practice hit. And then we'll hit for for hour and a half, two hours, and then we'll catch up. With Tret, I, I always used to, to look up to him because – because I mean, you know, like in in the juniors, he he was a really great player. So and and us, you know, I feel like in order to keep getting better, you know, you want to keep playing with somebody who's above your level. And when when Tret, anytime he would ask me to to hit or practice, I, I don't think there has been a time where I said no. So we we, we developed that 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 relationship. We developed that that mutual respect, and and we could both of us see the passion that we have for this game. And I think Tread appreciated that, and I appreciate how hard he worked, and and you know how how talented he was, and how good he was. But but at the same time, how hungry he he remains to keep getting better. And I've I've always wanted to be part of that. Um, so after college, I started coaching locally, and Tread would ask me here and there to travel with him to 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 help him out to to be there for him as a support system, and I did that the first few years when he was on the challenger tour we started in 2010 and from there really since then i've i've been his his coach i mean there, there has been some additions to the team like i told you louis Caillet for for about two years where he he's he's taken the team to, to, to a different level um but Tritt and i have have been great friends and have been playing tennis for about 15 years together yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, really beautiful to see. I mean, I remember hearing about Tret's success on the doubles tour in uh, the earlier years, and then I, I looked him up on the ITF Tennis website, and I saw, you know, coach name, Othman Garman. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. You know, it's just great because I knew you guys were, you know, good friends, uh, always, you know, playing in Virginia, and just to see you both uh, together as a team was uh, just really wonderful, you know, representing the Mid-Atlantic area. Um but uh, yeah, no, it's, just... it's it's crazy how how we all grew up together, and you know now I'm a coach. He's he's a player, and you know you're running your podcast. It's it's amazing that we're all you know, sticking to 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 something that we love. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, also, as, as we'll mention later on, you know, our, our friend Farshad Garakani with uh, with Court Play. We're going to talk about that soon. Um, he's also very involved with tennis. Another yeah. friend of ours. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, Othman, also just curious. Uh, I know Tread is just traveling like crazy all year round, and I'm just curious, maybe like what you know, how often do you usually end up traveling with Tret to these tournaments? Uh, so now I travel with Tret full-time. When I say full-time, I do about 70% to 80% of the tournaments. So so I'm traveling two, three weeks out of the month, depending on the schedule. Sometimes I'll be gone for five weeks straight and then come back for 10 days and then gone again. So we're, we're, we're constantly, you know, constantly moving, constantly traveling, constantly being together and Honestly, we're constantly helping one another, even if we're not together. Like we make sure we text at least every day or talk on the phone every other day, just to make sure that you know, not 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 only the the tennis aspect is going well, but everything else is is going well. Because like I told you, Tret and I, um, we've developed a relationship that goes beyond tennis. It's on a friendship level, and 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 we care about one another. So, so I, I would say honestly, like we 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 talk almost every day. Yeah, so. So we're, we're, we're heavily involved in each other's life. Yeah, I mean, I, that relationship, uh, that type of relationship is just so important to have each other's backs. And that's when the true trust and, uh, you know, faith in the in the coach and the player is formed. And, you know, that's that's what you guys have. And that's uh, just so wonderful. And, um, you know, again, just kind of to educate the, the coaches out there who are curious about, you know, what, what life is like uh, as an ATP coach. I am curious about you know, kind of the extent of your coaching duties, because obviously, you know, you, you know, advise tread on uh, matches and during practices. But I mean, like, as far as other things, like, you know, as far as maybe like setting up practices, or or I don't know if like you would maybe like sign up tread for like, say, uh, tournaments or something. I'm just curious, like, maybe how far do your coaching duties extend? Yeah, I mean, we're we're when we're on the tour, I pretty much try to do everything off the courts, from booking practice courts, transportation to organizing, you know, schedule practices and even organizing his his massages and and treatment. Um, sometimes even doing laundry. So we, we 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 try as as far as me, I I try to take, like I told you, I try to take every off court duty off his hand. Just so he can have a clear mindset of you know what what he's there to do and 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 what he's there to accomplish. So yeah, I mean my my, my duties go from booking courts, from setting up practices, from scouting, from talking to tournament directors, knowing when the schedule is going to come out, um, to requesting you know a late start. So I, I you know I, I try to do pretty much everything off the court. That's wonderful, uh, Othman. And, you know, again, like this is really where, I mean, this is how success happens. I mean, Othman, is it, there's, there's nothing that's like, you know, quote unquote, like beneath, you know, you, you know, you do whatever you can to support Tret because, you know, every little thing helps Tret perform better. And so you're doing everything you can to, you know, make him a better player. And, and I, I mean, I know he appreciates that so much and that's, part of the reason why you guys are together because of that, you know, friendship and having each other's backs and doing everything you can for each other. Um, and, you know, I just, uh, just love hearing that. 
So I'm curious about when you first started working with Tret, if you could maybe get into a couple of things that you that you first uh, started uh, working on in his game. Well, when I started traveling with Tret and, and coaching him, he was still doing um, he was still competing in, in the singles tour. So it was it was totally different than 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 what we worked on as far as the doubles. And in the beginning of his professional career, we, we didn't tweak much in his in his game. The, the focus was to mainly keep keep a positive mindset, especially during a tough loss. Because as you know, Tread's career when he was in the juniors and in college, he he barely experienced any losses or tough losses. Mm-hmm. But once he transitioned to the pro tour, the that that, that was different. You know, he started losing you know almost every week. You know, and. and and unless if you end up winning the tournament, you know, that, that that means a loss. So understanding how to take losses and not consider it a loss if, if we learn from it and understand like what we could improve on. And I, th- I think I think that was the first area that, that we both tackled, especially him, um, you know, traveling to different countries in the beginning, uh, playing on the pro tour, playing with with, I guess, players that, that are doing this for a living and him just stepping in into a new atmosphere and and sometimes that 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 could be overwhelming to 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 a player or a person you know you 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 walking in you're you're running to your idol but you know you can't act like a fan because you're there as a competitor as well so i think the first year and two that that was the main focus and then once he uh, he became more comfortable being on the tour and and more comfortable with the schedule and understanding how everything works and that you're not going to win every time you step on the court uh, I, th- I think from there that things start to turn around for him. Yeah, listening to you talk about uh, your philosophy and and you know what Tret came to learn, I just love the synchronization between what I'm hearing now and the, my interview with Tret uh, back in episode seven. Because when I talked to him, I mean the main things he was talking about uh, that he said was the most important thing to have on the tour as far as character trait is uh, positivity. Uh, and just having that positive mindset and knowing that you can you can bounce back from er- anything, even if you have like a, a bad you know loss streak, that you just have to know that okay, you know, like I'll get them the next week, I'll get it the next week, and uh, you know, hearing you speak uh, and then Tread speak, I know that Tread has definitely learned a lot from you and and your positive mindset. Uh, so that's really really wonderful, um, but. Also, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that Tread played singles as well uh, on the Challenger Tour and such. And I know at some point he made the decision to you know, focus on doubles. But, I, you know, I'm just wondering, was that kind of like a, a team decision or like did you guys just sit down one day and just say like, hey, I think we need to just shoot for the for doubles so that Tread can like really explode in that in doubles or like, you know, was that like how did that decision come about? If you can talk about it. I think mainly it was Tread's decision, you know, because he 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 gave the the singles tour about a year and a half or two years try the same time that Samdev Devarman got on the tour, and I think by year one or year two Samdev was already inside the top 150 or inside 200, and Tread was still, you know, behind. Um, so I think Tread kind of. You know, reevaluated everything and and came up with the decision that he was going to stick only to doubles. And for me, like once he told me that, like I said, the, the the only thing I could do is talk to him. You know, make sure that that 
this is the right decision that he wants to do. And, you know, the only thing I could do is, is, is be as supportive as I can. And I, I had I had no doubt that he was going to succeed in, in, in the double circuit. But at the same time, I had no doubt that that, that he was going to succeed in, in, in the singles. Tour. So him him making that decision as far as, OK, I'm, I'm done with singles. I'm only going to play singles to represent his, the, his, his country, the Philippines and go full throttle with with the doubles tour. I personally think that that was that, that was a great decision, you know. Um, to tread the, the way tread came up is 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 different than most of these players. Most of these, most of these players they've been on the tour since they were seventeen or eighteen. But tread really got on the tour at at age twenty two, twenty three after uh, experiencing um, college and and playing for UVA. So with the which Tret, it was it was his decision. He ended up writing an email to 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 me, to Samdev, to Coach Boland, and to a few other of his teammates. And you know, he made that decision, and then he didn't really look back. It wasn't it wasn't a decision that he said, "Oh, I I, I should have stuck to singles." You know, something could have happened. I mean, he 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 made that decision, didn't look back, and kept working hard and kept believing in himself. And yeah, I mean, now he's 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 living his his dream and. You know, with with uh, with Tret, one thing with him is he's never satisfied, and he's always looking to keep getting better. Um, the the one one thing I've learned from him is you know, winning a tournament or losing a, a match that we were supposed to win. There's always a next week. There's always tomorrow, regardless of the outcome of today's result. There's always tomorrow, and tomorrow's it's a chance to keep getting better. And and that's one thing I've. I've learned from him at a, at a young age, and I think that's that's what that's what made him become who he is today. It's fantastic, Othman. And so, you know, obviously, Tret and uh, Tret's partner right now, Max Marini, are just like are sick players, wonderful players. And I was just wondering if you could maybe just take one thing from each of their games and and tell me and our audience, you know, what makes Tret a great doubles player and also what makes Max a great doubles player? Yeah, I mean this this is a great question. Um Thanks. But let me let me start off with Max. Uh, so Tret and Max started playing together beginning of this year and the first time we met Max was in Auckland, New Zealand for uh, the the 250 there. And, you know, our, our first practice, um, Max set the standards. He told us his his goals, his plan, and it was basically a clear image. And he also elaborated on on, on how he feels about Tread and how he feels about Tread's game and, and, and how he sees his game and Tread's game immersed together to, to, to be one of the, the forces on the double circuit. Um, with Max, he's he's super, super professional, super positive, um, very laid back guy. But when it's it's time to work, it's time to work. It doesn't matter what's going on off the court. It doesn't matter if there's any distractions. He's able to block him and he's able to show up and and push himself when it's either practice time or or match time or even his his pre warm up and cool downs. He he takes every little thing very serious and you know he 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 expects a lot of himself so that that was the off court part of 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 max and now the on court part of max you know he's he's a big guy with a big serve uh, great timing 
very aggressive at the net. I mean, the guy could miss the easiest volley, but guess what? Guess what he's going to say? He's going to say, next one, next one. So a lot of the players, they might miss an easy volley and, you know, they, they could lose the next two games because of the outcome of that, that, that easy point that they ended up losing and they couldn't erase off their mind. Mm-hmm. I think that that plays a huge role on, on the team's success and just for Tret to see that. Um, on the other hand, Tret is, is, a, is a very laid-back guy, but at the same time, he's, uh, he demands a lot out of everybody. He, he, he sets standards with me. He's same thing. He sets standards with Max, and he sets standards with himself. Um, as far as the on-court performance, I mean, Tret has, in my eyes, one of the best serves in the world. You know, because he's a lefty, he has a wicked spin. He has so much variety that he can throw at you. Mm-hmm. Um, he can generate so much power, although with his size. Um, and he has great hands at the net. He he could do pretty much anything that he wants to the ball. And and he's, his, his returns are getting better. So overall, they're great players individually, but they're better players as a team. Yeah, I mean, it's... Great to hear. And I mean, Trett's serve, like you said, is just so nasty. I mean, I've seen it at City Open, Indian Wells, and uh, just the amount of spin and uh, placement is just uh, amazing and so tough to deal with. Um, and so, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the, the amazing character traits and uh, skills that Max and Trett have. And uh, a question for you that's related to that is I'm curious uh, on your thoughts about yeah, what makes a great doubles team? And so what I mean is, are there certain combinations that work best? For example, maybe a strong server and returner. Uh, uh, sorry, a strong server and volleyer uh, mixed with like a strong backcourt player. Or, you know, is there like an optimal uh, combination or does it not really kind of matter? What's your view on, you know, what makes a great doubles team? So, so yeah, doubles team consists of two players and, you know, you, you, you'll have a player who's a, who's a quick mover and poacher. You'll have hard hitters. You'll have precision players. And then you'll have all-court all players. Uh, quick movers and poachers, they, they, they tend to move a lot when serving and returning. And I, I think they, they win most of their points by creating an uncertainty in their opponents just by their movement. Where hard hitters, they typically um, try to overpower their opponents through forceful strokes and those players they rely mostly on ground strokes so if nothing else so if if ground strokes is working is not working then nothing else is really working and then you have precision players and those players they play with with great touch and finesse and you know they try to move their opponents around the court with angles with lobs you know they just keep you guessing i think those players are great but in my eyes you know, you, you'll have to be an all-court player. You know, if, if you can drive, you can place the ball, you can move well, both on the baseline and at the net. You can volley from both ends. I think that's, that, that's what makes it a great double seam if, if, you're, if you're an all-court player. Because at the end of the day, you, you want to find yourself at the net. I feel like uh, whoever finds themselves at the net, they'll, they'll end up winning most of the points. You know, un- unless if it's, you know, a, an ace or, or return winner. All right, that's great feedback on that question. Uh, so this might be a tough one, but, um, well, maybe not. <laughs> but uh, another question for you regarding doubles is, I mean, what do you think is more important uh, in doubles, the serve or the return? You know, I, I, I get that question a lot. 
And <laughs> it's it's I, I I don't think it's fair to put importance on the serve or the return because they're both important. Uh, you can't really say that the serve has more importance than return or vice versa. They're, 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 both, they're, they're both important tools to have to, to be successful, not only on, on the doubles tour, but on the singles as well. On, on the doubles, I look at it this way. I, I look at it, the serve is mandatory to have to stay in the match. I mean, you can't go down the break. And return is as important as a serve in order to win the match. So I I think if 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 you have great serve, okay, you'll you know you'll you'll make it to 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 a tiebreaker, and then you know then it's it's a toss up. But if you have a serve and a return, then you you know you can put pressure on your opponent, and then you can hold pretty easily if you have a great serve. So I, I think they both go hand in hand. You know, I know obviously you you're at a ton of practices with with Tread and Max, and are there. Any doubles drills? You know, you could just mention like one or two that stick in your mind that would be would also be great for uh, club players uh, and any players who are trying to improve for for them to emulate. And if so, you know, what what are those doubles drills? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we, we do a bunch of drills uh, with 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 Max and Trek. I I personally enjoy doing the reaction drill with Trek, where he's standing right at the net and I'm basically just blasting balls at him as hard as I can. And as fast as I can, you know, keeping his, his contact pretty much in front, there's no take back. And, and with that, I'm trying, I, sometimes I, I do that drill and then I limit his target response. I'll go ahead and say, okay, I want everything to go to the box or the ad box. I think that's, that's a great drill. Um, and another drill that we used to do, Tret and I is, uh, working on his serving targets, but keeping the same toss. So as he gets ready to toss, I could say, you know, down the tee or out wide or slice body. And he's able to put the, the spin and he's able to put that location right as I say, right after he tosses. And I, I think I think those those two drills are, are great. Um, another drill we work on with Max and Tret, it's called um, uh, the stealing game. So basically, um, we'll have somebody feed a ball to Tret. I'm standing at the net. Tret would hit a would hit a ball right at me, and then I'm trying to put the the volley away, away from Max. But I'm trying to hit it, kind of like you know around him, where he's working on his reflexes and try to pick up his steal. Hmm. Um, I, th- I think those those three three drills. I think we do them pretty consistently. I think those those are pretty good drills. And and we focus a lot, like I told you earlier, on the first volley. We focus a lot on first volley and trying to hit different targets. You know, first volley could be a lob. First volley could be, you know, a fake down the line, or first volley could be a short cross court angle, or first volley could be back, back deep cross court. Um, so just with that drill, you can work on on multiple locations on, on multiple shots. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Othman, thank you so much for those drills. Uh, those are definitely really fantastic ones, and I know that a lot of our audience are going to try to use those drills to help them improve their game uh, You know, soon after they listen to this. So with Tret, again, you know, 
what I'm curious is kind of if there was like a transformation, because basically, you know, if you look at his rankings, like, you know, he gradually got his way into like the the hundreds and things like that. But then, you know, in a year, he he have that like or more than halved it and got into like the top 50. And then he's been there ever since. So I'm, I'm curious if there was any specific change that you saw that, uh, you know, helped him, you know, bust into the top 50 or or if that was just more like a gradual like climb or like if you could just talk about any changes that you saw that may have contributed to his 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 uh, rise up to the top of the uh, doubles game. I, I think the the. Improvement that pushed Tret into the top fifty is is his belief and and consistent hard work. I mean, the, the the guy believes that that he deserves to be among the best in the world, and and I mean he 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 works he works as hard as as anyone that I've got the experience got the chance to experience and and see. Um, I think another thing that that has really helped Tret is. Is he has gotten better as a person and as the player, as as a player as the years went by. Um, his confidence has gone up because he can see the work that he's been putting in and it's paying off. Um, he's learning his opponents better, and also, I would say his returns in first volley has they have improved tremendously. I think if you look at his returns from this year to I don't know two three years. It's improved tremendously, and and with that, kind of give him gave him better confidence that he's able to put more pressure during the service games, and it kind of gives him the ability to to be relaxed during his service games. And I, th- I think just just being um, comfortable with the whole process of you know traveling and and being comfortable in in your work area. I think now he's comfortable. He he knows what to expect. Um, you know, week in, week out, not a lot of things are pretty new to him because he's been on the tour for the past eight years. Mm-hmm. So I think now he's 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 in a better place mentally and and physically. I mean, the 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 guy, you know, the guy's diet has changed. He's you know he's been eating healthy. He's he's been working out every day. He's he's taking his respons- responsibility very serious, and his 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 standards keep rising. As he keep expecting, you know, a lot from himself and a lot from the team, and I, I think that just put everybody in in in, in a a better mindset and, and a clear vision with with a clear game plan on how to 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 get to the goals that that we're trying to get to. That's so wonderful to see how you guys have just risen to the top of the game uh, with all the hard work and. When you do all the hard work, then that's that's when the confidence, you know, grows and your the belief grows, and that's you know what you guys are doing is a byproduct of all that. So you know, one thing that a uh, a ton of people are always curious uh, are curious about are the workouts that the ATP players and WTA players do. So you know, if you could talk a bit about kind of like what you've seen in, in like workouts as far as what. Max and Tread and others do. I'm curious to see maybe like how much weightlifting they're doing versus I don't know like core work and agility. And you know, are they are they trying to like bust out huge weights? Or are they doing like kind of high rep work? And if you could just kind of comment on the type of workouts that players you see on the tour do. Uh, the, the, I'll tell you this: the only one busting weights is is myself and uh, and uh, our trainer, our physical. <laughs> 
Milos Galicic, then we're the only one who's the, who's lifting weights. Um, but but no, Max and and Tread they they do a lot of body weight workouts, a lot of balance, a lot of agility, um, a lot of quick reaction drills. Um, we'll do some explosive workouts, but really nothing to. We're not looking to 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 I guess to get stronger during the season, but we're definitely looking to maintain. But if there is you know, a four-week gap, then, you know, we'll, we'll probably hit the gym a hard those two weeks and take two weeks to just rest up and, and get the body fresh for, for the next tournament. But during the tournament, mainly, it's it's honestly, it's, it's just maintaining and kind of activating the muscles that we'll be using. Like, if if, if, if we're getting ready to, to go to a, uh, to play a match where uh, we're basically doing a lot of, uh, a lot of quick reaction drills, like I said, a lot of a lot of footwork, a lot of reaction drills. Um, you know, we're getting the shoulders ready, getting the hips ready, a lot of stretches and and a lot of bike and some footwork. But just you know, ma- maintaining everything we have and and keeping the body fresh. There, there, there's not there, there there's not a lot of hard workouts that go on during the season. But when it's off season, then it's it's a different story. The, the guys definitely hit the weights. They look to get stronger. Um, but on season, it's just maintaining. And like you said, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll do a bunch of ab work. We'll do a bunch of agility. We'll do a bunch of footwork, reaction drills. And that's about it, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds like, like that's pretty much it, Othman. And so I just to clarify, so like when you guys and uh, Tread and Max, they do do some off-season weight work, like they're able to you know, more or less maintain that, that strength by doing the body weight uh, stuff. Is that kind of right? Or Exactly, yeah. By, by doing the body weight uh, workouts, by, you know, eating healthy, and that means, you know, e- eating every three hours, feeding the body the right nutrients, um, making sure you're injury-free. Yeah, but, you know, off-season, off you're, you're looking to improve. You're looking to, to get stronger. You're looking to get better. And, and you have the time to, to, to push yourself mentally and physically because you know you have time to recover but it's it's hard to do that during a match week because you know you might do it today but then you're playing tomorrow and the, the body's not going to be fresh to, to to keep going so yeah no that's definitely great advice um and so a great question that i i suppose i'll ask right now from sam uh, is you know obviously you're you're watching Tread and Max and other players uh, you know play for a substantial portion of your time uh, play their matches so you know Sam wanted to ask uh, you you know how do you scout your opponents you know before these matches do you use uh, you know technology analytics uh, stats or, or charts to track matches to get better insight into um, into formulating a, a game plan. Yeah, uh, d- d- depending on who we're playing and 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 where we're playing them, if we have the time, I'll I'll go with uh, Milos and Peter Mirny, who's uh, Max Max's brother. Like we'll go and and watch about thirty minutes and kind of uh, chart down, you know, the, the, their patterns. Um, you know, where, where would they most likely go for a second serve? Where would they most likely go with the first volley? Where would they most likely go um, when they're both at the net? Just kind of picking out like different strategies and different patterns just by observing. 
um, we, we, we don't really use any 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 tools to 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 scout opponents. Um, it's it's pretty simple. It's just pen and a pencil and chart down what you think that that would help the team to to come with a W. Gotcha. And then while you're watching Tret's match, uh, Max match, like. Wh- what are you kind of thinking about? Like, what's going on in your head, or you know, what's what's the goal while you're watching? Like, just take me through, like, you know, what you're thinking when you you watch the matches. When when we're watching the match, well, or when I'm watching the match, I'm pretty much evaluating their play by. So I look at it in, in three three elements. I look at it. I would say play with your heart, play with your brain, and play with your feet. When I say that, play with your heart because are they playing with with the passion that they have? Are they playing with the desire? You know, are they are they playing and appreciating the moment that they're in right now? And playing with your your brain. Um, and when I say that, I mean, you know, are they are 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 they focused? Are they maintaining their focus when it's when they're down a set a break? Um, and the last one is playing with their feet. You know, are are they intense? Are are they moving their feet? Are they positive are 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 they pushing each other are they being positive towards one another so I, the, the only thing i try to look at is those three areas and really just be a supportive system regardless of of, of the outcome of the play at the moment because again if, if tret turns around and looks at me or max turns around and looks at me and you know i have I have a negative facial expression then that's <laughs> that's I, I don't think that's very motivating to them so i try to keep a a positive attitude you know, win or lose, because honestly, we've experienced so many matches this year that we could have lost but ended up winning, and vice versa, we could have won but ended up losing. So I've learned that it comes down to the last point, and I think that the same with the guys; they've learned that really it's not over until until we shake their hands. So yeah, I mean, I, I try to keep it simple, just you know, stay positive and and look at those those three elements and how, how they're doing and. You know, if 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 they're feeling down, I, I try to pick up their spirit just, you know, by clapping or saying "come on" and keeping it simple. Gotcha. It's it's awesome. And uh, so, what do you you guys like to do to de-stress? You know, after matches and you know all the training and stuff. Like, I'm sure you guys try to, you know, relax and like keep it kind of yeah. chill. Yeah, we, we we try to keep it very low key um, during you know a non-match day or. When we're done, so during a non-match day, the, the only thing organizes is the practice. Once we're done with that, either depending on how Tread is feeling, either he'll he'll stay and and get some treatments, and then we'll uh, we'll play some games on the players' lounge or watch some uh, some matches that that interest us. Because at the end of the day, dude, like Tread is one of the biggest fans of tennis. I mean, the guy could could watch tennis for twenty four seven. So either either we do that or we. Uh, we watch some uh, movies or some some TV shows that we're both following, um, and and you know we'll we'll talk about life. We'll we'll go to the beach. We'll walk around town, try to get to know the area, and you know just just trying to keep it very low key. Try to keep the body fresh. Trying to put the the physical into a, a minimal. So, so basically, he's not he's not walking a lot. He's not he's not doing any any physical activities. So we're just we're just trying to take it easy. Trying just really enjoy the moment because you know at at times we're in Monte Carlo or we're in Barcelona or we're in Australia. We just we're just trying to appreciate where we're at at the moment and 
and main thing is is keeping the mind and body fresh to 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 be ready for match day. Fantastic, Uthman. So, two questions now. What is your most favorite thing about being uh, a coach on the tour, and also what is the toughest thing about being a coach on the tour? So, okay. So, the first question, um, man, be, be, being a coach on the tour. You know, I'm, I'm talking from a a fan perspective. It's it's amazing. I mean, you're 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 surrounded by by the greats. You 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 see Nadal, you see Federer, you see Murray, you see Djokovic, you see all these top players. You see Serena Williams. You see their practices. You get to see their workouts up close. Um, you get to see how they interact with their team and other fellow players or coaches. Um, I, I think that's that's the best thing about being a pro coach because. Again, you're 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 part of an elite group, and you're just gonna have to to, to really appreciate it and, and cherish it and, and try to make the most out of it. Um, the the only negative part of being on the tour as a coach or as a player is you know the, the amount of traveling and being away from home and 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 um, the sacrifices that you have to make. But we 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 all know that. That, that that we all make sacrifices to, to to reach certain goals, regardless if 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 you're a professional tennis player or if you know um, you just work a nine to five or you you have a a a a dream that you're trying to achieve. We know we're gonna have to make some sacrifices. So I, I think that's the only negative thing about it. But but we, we try to keep a positive attitude. To be honest, I, I can't even say it's, it's a negative thing because. At the end of the day, where the 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 positive outweighs the negative, so so I don't I don't, I don't think I can really point out and and a negative thing about being a pro coach. Yeah, that's great to hear, Othman. And you know what what you said is exactly on point with what uh, Jesse Witten, who's a ATP pro as well, uh, who I interviewed uh, last week, actually said about the biggest negative, uh, you know, the toughest thing on the tour, you know, the travel, because obviously it can affect you know relationships and stuff and uh you know you're away from home a lot but like you said man you know you got to sacrifice to to be uh to be the best to be a professional tennis player and coach that's what you got to do uh, and you know it's it's the sacrifice is well worth the reward i do know that you you know you are not just a great tennis coach but you know in some sense you're also an entrepreneur man and i i have recognized and seen a Something great that uh, that you and Farshad Garakani, who's a, a tennis friend of ours who played uh, college tennis at George Mason, uh, you guys are the founders of Court Play, uh, yeah. and I, and I just want you, you know, to to describe Court Play and and tell us, you know, all about it and what it does. Yeah, well, first of all, let me uh, let me talk, I guess, about my partner. Yeah, my partner slash best friend Farshad Garakani. Um, <laughs> I think he it, it was uh, it was his concept in the beginning to 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 kind of how to facilitate the process of booking a lesson with the, with a coach and and finding a court that that would uh, work for both of you know the coach and and the players' time. Um, so so Farshad came up with the concept, and I, I thought it was a great concept because um, I feel like as a coach, it would facilitate um, my my job just because I'll spend more time giving lessons than than spending more time on scheduling them 
So we, we, we came up with this, um, this software and, and the purpose of it is, is to streamline the scheduling process between tennis coaches and players. And it's called Core Play. It's, we have a website, coreplay.com. You can go ahead and visit it. Um, the app is on iTunes, so you can go ahead and download it. It's a free app. Uh, I know Farshad and myself would love any feedback from coaches or players to just keep improving and keep uh, keep making the process of booking lessons much more enjoyable and, and, and easy for, for both clients and coaches. Fantastic. Yeah. And you guys definitely, you know, like uh, Othman said, check out Court Play. It's uh, so see you. <laughs> Sorry. C O U. Man, I can't. I got to go back to school. Uh, C O U R T P L A Y dot com uh, for you guys out there. And, you know, there are some, I guess, other uh, like tennis sites and stuff that offer, like, I guess, searching and connecting uh, functions uh, with other tennis players or, or maybe coaches too. But I just want to kind of laser in on, like, on how court play uh, differs itself from, from other type these types of uh like apps and sites out there yeah i mean it's 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 awesome to see that that there are you know multiple apps and and multiple websites that are trying to do kind of like the same thing and and it's good to see because it's 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 a way to to, to grow the game and to reach out to to different areas of you know the, the united states or even you know globally uh and i think I, I looked at some of the apps and every app has its own set system of booking lessons and, and finding coaches. And in my opinion, we're trying to make the process more efficient and super user friendly. And I think I think if if, if you go ahead and, and download the Core Play app, it's about three to four steps to book a lesson with a coach. And I think that's that's and that's how we're trying to make it look and, and um it's it's a cool concept. Cause nowadays everything is done electronically. Everything is done through the app. So the first thing was let's build a website and then we're fortunate to have an app out. Um, I think that was the only thing missing. So now we're just going to try to generate as many coaches as we can to, to, to use the app and test it and, and let us know if it's, if it's, if it would work for them, if it's working, if it's making their process easier. Um, again, at the end of the day, we're just trying to bring everybody together and, and make it an, an easy step. Yeah, that's really important, uh, you know, simplifying the process because sometimes, you know, if it like takes one click too many, then people are just going to, you know, stop exactly. using something. But, um, you know, I, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing that you guys are doing. I mean, tennis needs more, you know, platforms and apps and things like these to help people more easily, uh, you know, book lessons and find people to, to play with and improve with. Um, and I also just checked out the uh play store for uh android devices and i i think i saw court play uh the app on there so awesome. i th- yes yeah, so i think it's also on there as well just to you know clarify um thank you, thank you. yeah yeah no sure and then you know also uh othman and uh and farshad uh they they have tennis programs at court play athletics and uh, i think that's in is that in uh, vienna virginia uh Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so Core Play Athletics is it's a tennis school that has been founded by Michael Harper and like a, yeah Farshad Garakani and myself. And right now we're working at Chester Brooks Women Tennis, which is at McLean, Virginia, and at Skyline Sport and Health, which is in Falls Church. And 
honestly, like when when all three of us came together, our mission is is to to use tennis as a way to have a positive impact on on the development of of the athletes. I feel like the first thing we're tackling is developing great athletes before developing great tennis players. So if if you have the chance to go and and look at some of the videos, we're we're doing a lot of the ten and unders, and we're putting so much focus on it, and putting putting so much focus into the the and into certain skills that will that will help the player down the road. So we're not like a, a, a lot of the play. A, a lot of the coaches would probably put too much focus on the technique with the ten and unders where. You'll see a lot of us were putting too much emphasis on the physical part, you know, developing as as an athlete and and adding those skills like your reaction, your uh, your movement, your throwing motion. It's just keeping it simple and keeping it fun. Yeah, man, uh, you know that's beautifully put. I mean, I I agree with you, and I you know I've been talking with great coaches, uh, and they all you know the great ones say the same as you, which is you you really have to focus on. The athletical, uh, the athletic capabilities of of the player, because you know, like if they haven't developed that, say, like you know, if they don't have a great throwing motion, then they're not really going to have a great serve, you know. And like for example, Tret, uh, he, I believe, he played uh, baseball quite a bit when he was young. Um, yeah, he, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. He he, he did. He uh, so I, I know you had the chance to interview Tret and and Tret at a young age. He wasn't solely focused on tennis, but I mean the guy played basketball, baseball, football, played all kind of sports just to v- develop as an athlete. And then from there, he had an extra talent, which was you know his tennis skills, and and that set him to be you know a professional athlete and and earn a living doing what he loves. So I, th- I think I think the first thing that that a lot of us need to tackle and need to put more emphasis on is 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 the the, the physical and, and athletic development of, of of the athlete. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and so, kind of maybe if you could, this is actually kind of uh, possibly a complicated question, but how do you kind of structure your programs at at court play? I guess maybe what I'm getting at is like. Uh, I mean, do you have programs for all age levels, or all uh, your tennis levels, or like how do, how exactly does that work out at uh, Court Play Athletics? Yeah, um, at Court Play Athletics, we came up with a structured curriculum that works with all levels, from from ten and unders to the high performance players. Um, so we, we we developed the curriculum for any type of levels, any type of age, and and we're doing all, all sorts of programs from juniors. To fr- from from tiny tuts to juniors to national players to um, adults to adult beginners to adult intermediate and adult advanced, we're tackling every every level that's that's out there and trying to add a little bit of, I guess, flavor to it and n- not trying to be different but more trying to be efficient. If you were to see our our adult beginners, um, it's it's. Basically, we're teaching the same curriculum for the ten and unders, you know, because they haven't developed the skill that's that's needed. So, of course, like you're gonna have to start from, you know, reaction, from running and stopping, from, you know, understanding the timing. Not strictly to go and start hitting and let me teach you the grip. And it's it's different, but I, I personally know it works. I've seen adults, beginners, 
move to adult intermediate in a year, six months. So it's 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 a good concept. And honestly, like I, I have to give a lot of the credit to uh, Farshad Garkani and Michael Harper because they're doing all the court. Uh, I mean, all the work on the court while I'm traveling with Tret and you know trying to bring as much knowledge as I can back to core play athletics. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, yeah, definitely props to uh, to those guys. I you know I, I do see a lot of awesome you know pictures of Farshad working with his students and you know putting the passion that he has into to the game to help uh, you know his his players and you know, same with you guys as with with you as well. Uh, it's just really great to see. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and I I do have a, a cool question from Randy who uh, who asked. Yo, what's your most memorable experience while traveling with Tread Huey? Mm, that's a good question, Randy. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, there's so many memorable moments, but if I were to pick one, I would say year 2012 when Tread won his first ATP titles with Dominique Ingla. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be the City Open, which oh, is yeah. kind of like our home tournament. So I think that was you know, icing on the cake, like they say. It was it was his first tournament. I was there. I was present. Um and to win it at home, it's it's just an, an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, I mean I was just so happy as well to see uh Tred and the whole team win uh that that title. That was so fantastic because you know obviously I'm I'm in the uh D C area as well. I'm in Maryland so uh just to watch Tred come from uh, the juniors uh, to, to that level was just really amazing, um, and that, that I believe that happens to be Tret's most favorite memory too. He said that you know when he walks the the halls in the DC Stadium, uh, oh, yeah. he he sees his name and he can't believe it. You know, a championship, uh, I guess, engraving. So let's see, we've got a couple other questions for you. Oh, here's a funny one uh, from Doug. Doug Neagle, who was a, a guest on on the podcast as well, um, I think it was episode twelve. But um, he asks, <laughs> "Do you remember smoking Doug and Nick in a Salisbury tournament?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, I know, I know you play a lot, sure, of, a lot of tennis. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure those guys are great players, but um. <laughs> Cool, cool. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? So, my friend Elliot, he asked, you know, what was, I think it was, what was your best win in your tennis career? Uh, but I guess I'm going to ask you, what was your best win? And then also, what do you think was Tret's best win? But I, I feel like you might say the City Open, but the, I guess let's just let you answer that. My best win. I mean, if I name if I name a player, I don't think a lot of the the, the podcast members would know who who it is. But um, that's 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 a good question. Uh, I think I would say winning the the championship of four when I was eighteen in Newport News. I, I can't remember who I played in the finals, but I remember it was a three setter. And I thought I think that's that's the only thing I can think about right now. Now that's cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty big accomplishment. <laughs> I mean, it's the championships in our section are no joke. Yes. Um, as far as Tret, his his best win. I mean, I would say. I mean, he has he he had a lot of good wins. I mean, I I'll, I'll have to go back him winning the City Open and. I'm trying to think. I mean, they've they've beat some great teams as well. Maybe could you 
mention like maybe the the highest ranked team that they've won? I know that's not exactly the same question, but maybe that that would be a good one too, I guess. Because I know didn't they beat Dodic Mello, which is pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They beat Dodic Mello. Um, I, I, honestly, I, I think they 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 they've beaten a lot of the top teams. Um, for this year, for Max and Tret, I think their best win came in Acapulco final when they played the Peya and Petzner. And those guys are are great doubles team. And, and you know, to, to play the way they did in the finals, you know, having, you know, Tret being sick during that week, but still showed up to play his hardest and come out with, with a trophy. I, that, that was my most memorable win this season as far as Tret and Max are concerned together. Gotcha, gotcha. So one final fan question from Mark, I believe. Uh, Mark asks, what are some creative ways to combat when opponents always hit to my partner at the net? Uh, that's, that's a good question. When, uh, he, he, he needs to give me a, a more detail. So when, when, hit, when his partner is at the net, how to, what was it again? Yeah, so I, I try to give you more context because it was in an email. I think, and I uh, apologize if I get this wrong, Mark, but I think what's happening is that uh, the opponents target his partner because I think maybe his partner is like is weaker. So I'm wondering maybe like when you have a partner who's weaker at net, like what are some like an you know, adjustments that you might make or to tell your partner to make? I mean, if 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 they're 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 weak at the net, then I would say go back and and play on the baseline if you don't feel comfortable being at the net. Um, and then you know having them on the baseline if. My partner is weak at the net, but they're playing on the baseline. Then I'm I'm gonna try to create a lot of uncertainty. I'm gonna try to poach. I'm gonna try to do a lot of movement to kind of uh, distract my opponent from keeping the ball always going to my partner. Um, I, I think that's that's I feel, yeah. If, if if you're not comfortable at the net, go back. I feel like go back to the baseline and let your partner kind of. Mm-hmm poach sometimes um you know giving different looks and then I, I i think that's that's where uh like i told you those 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 four type of different players where you'll have the quick movers and poachers and you'll have the precision players if your partner is a hard hitter but doesn't like to come to the net you know you 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 have to be a quick mover and poacher and distract your opponent and give him different looks i, I think that's that's, I don't know if I answered your, your, your question correctly, Mark, but that's, that's the best I could have done. No, yeah, no, I, I think personally that's a great answer. And I mean, the thing is, like, it, it may sound simple to say, like, oh, you know, you should move back. But I think, like, a lot of players, they might think that they're, they've got to, you know, be at the net. Like, that's just how it has to be. But just be willing to adjust your tactics and do what's necessary if, if you're, you know, you or your partner don't have, like, the, perfect skill set for the net exactly you you nailed it yeah it's it's about adjusting and about adapting to your opponent's um weaknesses and their strength and adapting to your weaknesses and strength and and coming up with a strategy that that would help you play more of your strength than your weaknesses um i think with that it'll, it'll come down to the strategy that you're coming up with i guess whatever opponent you're playing perfect perfect and so I I have a couple more questions for you, Othman. And again, I, I really appreciate your, your time so much. I mean, you're you're a busy guy. Uh, you know, coaching 
top player in the world and uh, also coaching uh, you know, all levels on top of that. Um, but I do want to ask you, and this is kind of like a culmination, I feel like, of, of what you've been saying all, uh, all along through this podcast, but what's your philosophy on how to develop great tennis players? My philosophy on how to develop great tennis players, that's, uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to the same thing that I said previously. I think, I think creating a strong athletic foundation is, is a major key to developing great tennis players. I, in, in my eyes, you can't be a great tennis player or a great basketball player without being a great athlete. I think you have to be a great athlete to become a great tennis player. And again, I'm talking, I'm talking about, you know, um, players that are looking to compete for a living. Um, if their goals is different, then, I mean, yeah, you, you want to have some sort of athleticism and you want to develop like the, the, the qualities of a champion and qualities of a champion. Like I told you, you know, never giving up, never taking no for an answer, always showing up, not making excuses and learning those skills because, I feel like when you go to practice and you're working, you might be working on your technique or footwork, but without you knowing, you're getting tested mentally because you're trying to learn something pretty much brand new. And so it, 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 takes, it takes more of the, the, the mental side of it than the physical side of it. You know, um, can, you, can you endure not learning this for, for a long period of time, but then right when you're about to learn it and, and you've done all the work, you end up quitting. I, I think that's what, that's what separates the regular from the successful people. You know, they'll, they'll keep pushing, keep pushing, and there'll come a time where, well, they'll quit where the successful people, they know that they have to keep enduring these hard times until they reach their, their, uh, their goal. So it, it comes down to, to being a great athlete. It comes down to developing you know, personal skills. And, and like I said, with time and, and with those, those personal skills and, and being a good athlete, knowing how to move, knowing, knowing your body, you could do any, anything you've set yourself to do. Hey, that's awesome. That's amazing advice. And so, yeah, a related question, but more on the, like the player side, uh, which is a question that I love to ask my guests to kind of end the show is, what do you think is is one key for our audience to uh, help them improve their tennis game? Uh, knowing that tennis is a sport, keeping it fun. And for tennis specifically, um, you know, if, if you're a coach, if, if you're a player, if you're a parent, you know, you can evaluate your, your, your kid or you can evaluate yourself, you know, looking at how much how much passion you're bringing to the practices you know how much focus you're bringing into the practices and the matches and you know are, are you playing with intensity you know day in and day out um and at the end you have to be honest with yourself you know to keep improving you have to be honest to say okay well today i didn't bring enough intensity or today uh, i wasn't totally focused because of certain things that are distracting me off the court um you know, bringing those three essential elements to practice our matches and and working as hard as you can. I, th- I think there is there's no reason for anyone not to improve their tennis game. That's amazing advice, Othman. So I uh, just want to ask you, uh, you know, where can our audience find you online or, you know, in person and, and as well as uh, where can they find uh, court play and court play athletics? 
Yeah, so for CorePlay, like I said, there's a CorePlay website. It's courtplay.com. And you can go ahead and, and visit the website. You can sign up. You can try the process. And we'd love your feedback for, and like, a, like I said earlier as well, we do have an app that works for iPhone and Android. And it's a free app. It's user-friendly. It's easy process. Um, I would say go ahead and try it out if you're in the tennis community and, and give it a shot. And, you know, be honest with us. Tell us the things that, that we could improve on and tell us the things that you guys don't like. And we'll be more than happy to fix it. Um, as far as the tennis side, it's Court Play Athletics. Um, we don't have a website at the moment, but we do have a Facebook page. And you can just go ahead to Court Play Athletics and find the Facebook page. For me, you can email me at offman.garma at gmail.com. Uh, I don't have any, any social media. I used to have Instagram, but I got rid of it. And I have Facebook. So you're more than welcome to add me and, and ask me any questions you guys have. would love to participate. Well, Oathman, thank you uh, so much for you know everything you've done for the sport, and, and it's just been a wonderful to see you and Tread and your whole team progress. Uh, you know, throughout from starting on the tour to uh, reaching the highest levels possible uh, on the tour, and uh, I know that you guys will keep improving and doing even greater things. And, uh, you know, I just really believe in what you guys are doing. And it's it's really been a pleasure to, to watch all your success and uh, wish you all the best and more continued success in uh, everything that you're doing. And uh, I hope to see you guys uh, soon. Definitely looking forward to watching you guys uh, put in work at the uh, City Open and at other tournaments. And uh, thanks again so much for your time on the show. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Thank you, Marwan, for, for everything you're doing for the sport. And you give me a chance to, to, to listen to coaches that I look up to and to players that I used to look up to and, and still look up to. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's this, this, these podcasts have, have so much knowledge that anyone could learn from. And yeah, man, it's, it's great to see you doing well as well. And looking forward to seeing you at City Open. I'm sure Tripp is looking forward to seeing you as well. So we'll, we'll do a lot of catching up for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to do that. Um, uh, you know, thanks so much for the kind words, Othman, and uh, again, all the best. And I, I really uh, hope to you know, see you guys soon and uh, keep kicking butt out there and keeping positive and uh, doing your thing. Um, so, thanks so much, Othman. Thank you, my run. I appreciate it. Talk thanks. to you soon. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed my fantastic interview with Othman Garma. I really appreciate Othman coming on the show, and uh, you know giving us such a insightful view into what he does and how we can all improve our tennis games. Uh, I also do want to ask you guys, uh, you know, a favor. If you guys could uh, subscribe to this show if you haven't already, I definitely really appreciate that. Um, it's just great for everybody because, you know, as soon as an episode comes out, it will automatically download to the uh podcast app of your choice, whether that's in iTunes or Podcast Addict, Podcast Republic, or really whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And if you like this show, it would also be pretty cool if you'd share it with any friends that you think would benefit because, you know, all I'm trying to do is 
enrich the knowledge of everybody,、uh, to help them improve their game and to enjoy tennis more. And、uh, there are a lot of listeners that I, that I really appreciate you listen to this show. And I just wanted to grow and reach other people and help them. So I definitely really appreciate that as well. And I just want to end on a quote as I usually enjoy doing. And the quote today is from Lyndon B. Johnson. And he said, Yesterday is not ours to recover. But tomorrow is ours to win or lose. So keep that in mind as you, you know, progress throughout your tennis career and your lives. And just,、uh, you know, just like Othman and Tret do, just to be focused on moving forward and、uh, reaching your dreams in the future. So thanks so much, guys, for listening. And I look forward to keep serving you and bringing you the best tennis material and interviews that I can. So, take care, guys.、Uh, have a great week, and I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit tennisfiles.com.